welcome back to the Real Lovers podcast. And today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about the next movie in the Letterbox Top 250. I'm your host, as always, Marley Silverbrand. And joining me to help me make sense of the movie we just watched is Ryan Dunnigan from the Old Man Orange podcast. Ryan, how are you doing today? Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. It's been a minute since we had to do any podcast together. I think I don't think we've really had a chance to interact since like almost a yes. year. Yeah. You, you moved halfway across the world and just kind of left us on like on the state side <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah it's been it's it's been like almost four or five months over here it doesn't feel like it but yeah um right yeah so you're, you're, still still adjusting it, but still liking it you're just like you're just like screw the states i'm getting out of here like, get, get, get me out of here <laughs> like joe biden trump just 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 get me out of here i'm trying to uh, I, like you're escaping like all the rest of us but how how that miss yeah, how'd that move go, by the way? It went by relatively smooth. Um, I mean, there's the kind of, there's, there comes with moving to another country and learning the language and trying to ease in. That's its whole own process and that kind of takes a minute. But luckily, most people here speak English. I mean, I'm still learning Dutch just so I'm not like coming in five to five years of living here and be like, speak American to me. But um, it's also at the same time, there's still some things you kind of got to get used to. People don't really, there's not a lot of automatic cars around here. There's a lot of stick shifts. I've been learning stick shift, and it's also just some of the, just the small little details, things you don't really take account for to kind of stack up. But overall, I'm, I'm really liking it. I'm really liking it. It's just kind of, you know, every so often it just kind of hits you. Oh, wait, yeah. Um, my favorite comic book store, my favorite Chinese restaurant isn't like a, you know, 20 minutes down the road anymore. <laughs> or even like, a, it's not even a three hour drive anymore. It's so... It's that kind right. of thing, but it is what it is, and uh, I I really like it. I'm kind of a customer. I'm being a customer. I still watch. I still keep in. I still watch a lot of like political streams and stuff. So I'm fully aware. But I'm just like shit. I'm glad I'm not over there, but I'm still fully aware of what's going on and all that. So, so my question, I, we'll get all uh, this non-American talk like out of the way, like real quick. But that makes to- total sense for the movie that we're talking about because the movie is a samurai rebellion. But I, I just have to ask is since you still keep up with like political news, like here in America, do, do people in the Netherlands actually like keep up with American current events? Like I know you do, but like, do, do they actually know what's going on here? And just like, like more than actual Americans at, at sometimes to an extent, like they, they keep, uh, from what I've noticed, like, mm-hmm. Maybe they won't keep it up. Maybe not on a state level or even like if something really crazy outrageous happens. Mm-hmm. But um, to a state level, maybe not as much. They might have an idea of if there's a psycho called Marjorie Taylor Greene or something <laughs> like that, or or like you know they, they might they might hear that kind of thing. But at the same time, they also kind of like there's the big figures that the world knows about. You know, like there's ones that like they they know like they don't know the fine details. They know that like oh abortion is bad. I'm not sure if I can mm-hmm. say that on YouTube. I'm not sure their algorithm. Sorry if I got us demonetized. Five seconds. No, I don't like monetization, but but uh, I yeah, I think it's like for the first five minutes. So I think we're good. I think we're, I think okay. you just made it past the mark. So, oh, awesome. Good, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> so it's in the, like so, like they may not know the key players. But they might know the gist of like, oh, really? That might get revoked or whatever. You know, so something to that effect. I, I don't really. I try not to bring it up uh, politics because they got their own things going on here. Instead of two parties they got like 845 parties 
and I'm just trying to remember what one of them does. So, um, you know, it's kind of like not literally 845 parties, but there's a lot of parties. And like, so it's kind of, um, I'm just trying to kind of learn their system that, so I have an idea. So I was like, well, anyway, let's play back to America so I can be part of the conversation. <laughs> so like, like a true American, it's all about me. It's all about me. And I just walk around with American flags, handing them out. Um, congratulations. You're liberated. Just keep walking. <laughs> Congratulations. Welcome to democracy. Welcome to capitalism. Uh, but I, I, I just had, I just wanted to ask that just because I listened to another podcast earlier this week where they, they watched all of the purge movies and the purge election year came up and the person talking about like these movies, like he's from England and the entire podcast, he, he spent, he spent most of the time just talking about how he doesn't care about anything that was going on over here and it's uh, like even if when he had when news happened to like leak through it was just like oh america's so exhausting and to have like a movie centered around that was just like he was just kind of dreading it the entire time but but yeah i i just had to ask about that well like anything i mean i feel like how do i put this i want i want to say it without like sound like a doomer and i also want to say it without sounding so dismissive like oh it happens whatever not a big deal but i mean i feel like it's kind of like ryan it's 2023 uh go ahead and sound like a doomer i sound like a doomer every time you can't sound like crazy like in the world in the in the year 2023 there was some of the crazy like there was a virus that wiped out so much of the country you know like so much of the like it just almost sounds like opening to a dystopian sci-fi thing but um Mm -hmm. um can i put it I feel like we're just kind of going through a rough patch and I feel like that happens some a rough patch. Like this kind of happens every like 10 to 20 years, give or take, you know, mm-hmm. like certain social norms are brought up and questioned and then they're pushed back and there's defense for it. And I feel like, you know, nineties when we were kids, there wasn't, there was of course political things. I want to make it all political. There's political things happening in the, in the 90s, of course, there always is, but I feel like it was a little bit more like, oh, it's fun, it's a big deal. And then, you know, from there, then like, I just feel like it comes in waves and then shit picks up again. I'm sure, yeah, there, of course, there were things happening in the 90s. I don't want to say like nothing happened, but I mean, compared to like, you know, we seem a little bit more unaware or people are a little bit more aware now. People like the hostile, but oh, it's okay. Uh, well, yeah. If if people are still here, by the way, if you're listening and you're still here after our uh, our doom doom and gloom talk uh, today on the podcast, we were talking about Samurai Rebellion. It's number two hundred forty-seven on the Letterbox Top two hundred fifty, and uh, basically this series, I'm going through that entire list and watching every single movie because before starting the series, I discovered that I only watched three percent of the movies like on that list. So. It's 2023, and like I'm an American with a podcast mic. I might as well make a podcast about like me watching all all of the movies. So thank you, Ryan, for for joining me. But before we get into that, let's get into our little segment that basically every movie podcast likes to do. Uh, let's get into what we've been watching. So Ryan, what have you been watching? Um, I've actually not been watching that much recently, but I'm uh, just. <laughs> Been busy trying to, you know, integrate into society. And just a mm-hmm. background, short and simple. I think we just kind of go through rough patches. I think we're going through a rough patch right now, but I think 
things will iron out as time goes on. Just mm -hmm. simple, short and simple. Okay, anyway. Movies. On that, though, someone else who had a really rough patch, Joe and Ellie. There you go. I circled back <laughs> around. Uh, so I've been working my way. My wife and I, we've been watching Last of Us as that's been coming out. Uh, we've also, and, you know, I, it was, I'm not going to lie. At the beginning, I was kind of like, you know what? It's already such a cinematic game point. Mm -hmm. And I can understand that, that stance, but really... They are choosing a lot of right moments to focus on and a lot of right moments to expand on. Like, I don't know anybody who watched episode three and didn't cry. So um, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm enjoying the show. And my wife, who is like, she's not dismissive towards the genre stuff, but she's a little picky and she's doing genre stuff. She's really into it, too. Um, mm -hmm. Aside from Last of Us, as that's been coming out. Uh, also, a little bit ago, I saw The Menu, which is a movie I wish I saw before we did our end of the year movie roundup on the podcast, because I really liked I, the menu. I just saw the menu last last week. I mentioned it on the podcast, and like I really wish I saw it in 2022 because it would have been on my top ten for sure. It's like it's from the writer of Succession. If anyone's like, if you, have you have you watched Succession like at all? So I haven't watched Succession. I, I just see like uh, these look like shitty people. I'm sure there's something right. about that. But um, I'm like, I'm, I'm sure it's a good show. It's just one of the shows I never really got into or gave a chance. Um, but maybe in time, I'll give it a shot. Um, but, you know, I did see one part of Succession, and that's the part mm -hmm. where Macaulay Culkin's brother needs someone to tell him what a disappointment he is while he jerks off. And I was dying hysterically <laughs> at that. But, like, <laughs> beyond that, I haven't really seen a whole lot. Somebody tell me about that. Like, wait, what? I just looked hard up real quick. Yeah, I haven't seen much of it either, and but I do actually. I think everyone that clip has kind of made it around the internet, so I don't know which I don't clip know why you're talking so about. It. But but it's a uh, it's it's pretty great. But I'm really glad you brought up The Last of Us because I've been neglecting to talk about The Last of Us on the show because, like, I've been watching it every week. I've been totally like engaged. Uh, Craig Mazin, the writer and director of of uh, Chernobyl. Like he did a fantastic job with that, and he's doing a fantastic job with the with the Last of Us. And like, I'm not really big, too big on appointment TV, and but the Last of Us is like having me like check in, like 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 we're sun we're recording this on Sunday, and I'm definitely going to be watch watching the next episode, like like when it airs tonight. It's 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 really great. Like I I've just been really impressed with everything. Go ahead. It's, it's been it's been like um, I, I I remember um, it's one of those shows that I feel like it kind of you know I feel like the video game curse has been broken for a while in all honesty. Mm -hmm. But yeah. And, um, but at the exact same time, I think like it's this is sort of the um how do I put it um it's not a movie, but kind of like the Dark Knight of like video game movies or video game adaptations or like just least like um television or film goes because you know people like son the sonic movies and people like detective pikachu but there's still a little barrier people are like oh that was better than final was or oh i liked it it was fun but i feel like most people who liked it they had to be kind of our generation even if they weren't mm. big on the franchise them itself they they had to be in our generation to like it. i really i really like the, the, the second sonic movie um 
But this one, I feel like, is the one that's able to wrap in someone who gives zero shits about a video game and mm-hmm. just enjoy it for what it is. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And be- just because The Walking Dead was popular, Walking Dead was on, on the air for like 14 seasons or something like that, or 12 seasons. Did they do like, and they did like a spinoff. And so people love their post-apocalyptic and, and just, I, I know they're not zombies in The Last of Us, but just infected, like, like human beings, like people like that content for some reason. So. Well, I'm not going to lie. I kind of dropped off uh, Walking Dead after the first season. Not that I hated it or disliked it. I just mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you know, it's cool, whatever. And I still got around to the next one. And I, I read the comic for a little while. So, um, like, I read the comic up until, like, at some point on the farm. Like, the point mm-hmm. from the beginning to, like, around the farm area of, 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 the, of, the, show, of the comic. And, um... And the thing about it that I thought was so weird is because, you know, my parents, my parents, like, they're like, this, there's this Walking Dead show or whatever. Like, oh, we're not going to watch that. And then after I leave, they start watching it. They get all addicted. You read the comic to this, right? And they're asking questions about, Did this guy died? This guy died? Well, actually, Shane died, like, in issue two or issue three of the comic. He didn't last that long. This guy, you know, so I told them the differences that I didn't know about. And they're just, <laughs> I don't know, it's so weird. My parents are into a comic book thing, and I'm not. Right. Yeah, it's the, the Walking Dead definitely veered off like quite a bit, and I think the problem with me because I I kind of fell off right around season three, just because there were there's so much Walking Dead content when right like right around that season like you had the video game, obviously you had the comic books, and then the show. Now they're doing like seven spinoff shows for the Walking Dead, and like that's fine of that's fine for people that like like that type of content, but it's. I don't know. It just, it, it just, for, for a minute there, it just kind of felt like the MCU. Like the, like, I'm not sure about you, uh, if you're having like kind of MCU fatigue, I kind of had walking dead fatigue, like back when that came out. And, but hopefully that doesn't happen with the last of us just because I think HBO understands like what they have there and, and there's only two games. So hopefully that, uh, uh, hopefully they they don't uh, outstay their welcome, overstay their welcome. Yeah, hopefully hopefully they don't. We'll see what happens. I mean, well, I also to be honest, I think um, how do I put this uh, nicely? Walking Dead. I was I, I mean I liked it, but I was never really blown away. I was more like just surprised the level of violence they can get away with on television. I wasn't mm-hmm. really wowed with the characters. It might have been hundred percent honest. Mm-hmm. Um, at least not in the the, the show, uh, but the but the um, thing about Last of Us is I think since it's so simplified, it's, it's just like two people and the, who they interact with majority of the time. I feel like that makes it a lot easier to like fine tune and hone hone in on. And then the other thing is, I felt like the zombies in Last of Us are very secondary. Like they happen, they're there for a mm-hmm. fight, but it's it's more like other people they got to worry about. And in time. That happens in that happens in, in uh, Walking Dead as well, but I feel like it, it's way more. I feel like it's done better in Last of Us. Maybe Last of Us had a little bit to work off of, learn what to do and what not to do from Walking Dead. But regardless, I just, I just feel like that one seems a little bit more like I don't know, um, just less soap opera, you know? Yeah, and I, I totally agree. And even though I played the game like multiple times, 
and like I know that they're veering off, like you mentioned, uh, and kind of expanding on the universe, which I actually absolutely enjoy. But there's some episodes that are like directly taken from the game, and I'm actually really surprised, like how much I'm actually crying. Like spoilers for for The Last of Us if you haven't watched it. Although we're assuming that you, like everyone's watching the show at this point, but the the moment what like the the moment that happened with Sam like ripped my heart out in the game, and like I. I didn't even know it was coming, like, in the show. And I totally forgot. And then when that moment happened, I was like, oh, shit. I was like, damn. Well, then they also, they went the extra mile by making you feel bad for him by making him deaf. And they made him younger mm -hmm. in this than what, because they were closer to the same age in the game. And it was still sad. It still broke your heart in the game. But this one, just like, here's this really, like, nice, go get him kid that's has the world against them. And, you're just rooting for this kid. And then you're, I, I remember what was going to happen in the game. So I wasn't really getting too like overly optimistic, but I was for a second, I was like, well, they really expanded on shit with the third episode. So they, oh, no, they're doing that. Okay. Right. Which I, yeah. I didn't, which I get, but at the same time, I was kind of like, at that point I was like, come on, make it out, make it out. Like, I don't like, know what it is. Like, I knew it was going to happen. It's like, every time I watched the parted, I know Leo doesn't make it out of the elevator, but I'm like, maybe this time it's going to happen. Maybe this time it's going to work out. You've got to have that with, with Sam. Right, right. It's, I'm not sure if you're listening to the Last of Us podcast, uh, like every week after each episode. No, I, I haven't. But the, the really, it's a really fascinating podcast. Like I recommend everyone should listen to Listen to it after you listen to this one and Old Man Orange and then, and then listen to the Last of Us podcast. But, uh, it's it's really great, and for that episode, I, I I thought it was really funny. Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann, the creator of The Last of Us video game, uh, he was Craig Mazin called him up and said like, "Hey, I want to like I want to make Sam deaf, like and and Neil Druckmann like he's it was really funny his reaction because he was he basically just told him fuck you because he was like why didn't I think of that and I don't know I just. I just think that their their whole collaboration is like is really great. And Craig Mazin, like I said, like he did Chernobyl. He like he knows how to do post apocalyptic like human stories like really well. Uh, but yeah, um, Last of Us is really great. That's all. That's all I have to say. Yes, I'm I'm loving it, and I uh, look forward to the rest of it. Yeah. Sorry, are you been watching anything else besides The Last of Us and the menu? Um. Not really, just more keeping up with news. I, I, I have been, I'll be honest, to lead in the Samurai Rebellion before. Um, I'm going to say, watching Samurai Rebellion and then kind of looking stuff up on it, like stuff for the Criterion Collection comes up. I'll say, it makes me kind of want to watch more like, I feel like streaming almost has like this thing, like where we all know it's kind of like, you know, going off the name of what the show used to be, The Water Cooler. It's kind of like people all gather on their water cooler talk about that show that everyone's watching. And, there's always going to be a couple of those shows, but I always kind of wish, like, I feel like with streaming, a lot of things like Samurai Rebellion or movies you see, like, on the Criterion Collection, I feel like those are starting to whittle off, and you don't see those kind of movies on streaming services. It's much, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I feel like you need to get a special kind of artsy, pinky-out streaming service, like movie or something, in order to get, like old like movies from like old 70s french movies or something like that or even like kung fu movies or you know what i mean to get that variety so there's a lot of like 
famous films I was looking up. Like, is that on streaming? No, that's not on streaming. Is this one streaming? No, that's not on streaming either. What the fuck? You know? Right. Yeah. I love, that's why this, I created this podcast, the Real Lovers Podcast. Just help introducing people to really great films like like uh, Samurai Rebellion. But I've also been watching, before we get into that, I've also been watching uh, a few things like this week. Uh, not too many movies, not too many new releases, but I am re well, I'm not re-watching Scream because it's my first time, but I'm watching uh, Scream. I watched Scream 1 and Scream 2, and I'm planning on watching 3, 4, and 5 leading up to Scream 6. Because the trailers for Scream 6, I'm not sure if you've seen it. It's It looks it looks really great. Uh, the, my only rewatch will be Scream 5 because I saw that last year. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm I'm thoroughly like enjoying the Scream the Scream movies like so far. I think my favorite one so far has been Scream 2. But um, yeah, have have you seen Scream, Ryan? <laughs> I've only seen the first Scream, and mm-hmm. I actually saw. So I'm not gonna lie, for a long time I um, didn't watch horror movies because I'm not gonna lie, I was I was too scared to watch them as a kid. And as I got mm-hmm. older, I kind of got more of an appreciation for horror movies. So there's certain um, ones that went back and checked out. Scream was one of them. And um, then I'm like, oh, it's, it's a horror comedy. A Scream 6 does not look like that. But I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. this is basically, it's a horror film, but it's still kind of a comedy making fun of the tropes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I, I was surprised to hear how many people say it was good then, but it's not good now because now it's too self-aware and too tongue-in-cheek and too look at us, look at us. One of the things that's better. I don't agree with that. I still enjoyed it, but I'm guessing you feel the same about that. Yeah, I totally feel the same. And the thing that I, I like, I don't really, I, like, I'm not one of those people that, like, I don't like horror movies, but sometimes they do make me uncomfortable, like, watching them in the theater. Uh, but Scream, Scream is, I, I see it more as, like, I think what I appreciate most about Scream is that Ghostface is kind of, like, like, yeah, he's a serial killer and he kills, like, people, but he's kind of clumsy. I like how I like how clumsy he is in like in these movies. Like like whenever he like finds like his victim, he's always like holding the knife out and he's like stumbling over and just like and just like like he's just like he's like what an average human being be if it would be if they were if they ended up being a serial killer. Like it, like it's not like all it's not like all these uh, uh like big horror movies that are like or like uh, J- like Jason like Jason with the mask and how he's like unstoppable and stuff like that. Like Ghostface is just a regular human and he's just like trying to like he's he's trying his best to like make it through the world of of, of serial killing. Well, all I can really go off of is the first one. So that's the only one I've seen. Mm-hmm. Like, there's that part where they're where there's the two Ghostface and they reveal themselves. So one of them was Matthew Lillard. I forgot the other actor. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's just like, okay, so here's what's gonna happen. We're gonna shoot you. And then th- that way we're going to play it like this. You know, they're giving their evil bad guy speech and they shoot him. And then right there, he's like, oh, oh, no, no, no. He's like, he's like acting the way like somebody would, like a kid would if all this shit went bad. And like, he's like, my dad's going to be so bad. They're like bleeding. He's just like, like, he's just like the way, like someone who didn't think this through would act the second their plan starts crumbling apart. And all this, you know, crazy serial killer shit was popping up, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Uh, I think you'll really like Scream 2. I think out of all the two that I've seen so far, Scream 2 is my favorite. It's start. It has, like, a brilliant opening with Jada Pinkett Smith. And, like, she has a really, like, great death scene. 
where she's like watching she she's watching the next basically for people that don't know scream is has like a parody movie like inside it called stab so she's going to the premiere of that and the way she dies like on stage and everyone's kind of like thinks it's part of the movie was actually kind of chilling and like for a movie to come out in the early 2000s i was actually kind of surprised that something like that uh like ha- like happened like in the movie but it it's really well shot and just like what it, what it had to say like with that death scene is actually kind of interesting but um besides scream i've also been watching something a little bit more uplifting i, I can't believe i i it took me this long to get on the show but i i binged every i don't do this all the time but i i just had to do it with the show but i binged every single episode of ted lasso leading up to the season premiere of uh i think season three drops march 15th it drops in a couple of weeks uh i dang this this show is amazing i love i love everything about ted lasso uh, have you seen it ryan you're gonna be more de- dehydrated than a tree in a tim burton movie <laughs> I, him, his ted lasso's idioms like there it feels like there's like like 500 per episode i i like the one Jason Sudeikis is doing in the show is like absolutely incredible, and uh, I don't know, it's so meme worthy and just uh, Ted Lasso. The thing that I love most about Ted Lasso, I, I think the character Ted Lasso is really great, but I think what I like most about it is that it's so uplifting, and like the way it kind of presents mental health on like, uh, like basically, like how men should act like in the world and just like kind of doesn't put them on a pedestal and just like positive like positive like uh masculinity and stuff like that i think it's i, I think it's really great on that aspect and the, and then also like i'm not sure if you know but ted lasso started off as like a like just like a commercial like nbc created this character to like promote like their soccer league like the premier league and to have like a character kind of get spin off from that into like this Apple TV Plus show, I just think is really kind of funny that it just goes from that to this. I heard something about that, and I kind of forgot about it until you brought it up. It started mm-hmm. off as just an ad campaign turned into mm-hmm. a show, and it's one of the few times that works, and it worked into a really good show. Um, it was one of those shows that we actually, my wife and I, we uh, started watching it, and the first two episodes were like, okay, all right, it, it's not like it's not awful, but it's not bad either. We'll see mm-hmm. where it goes. But then as it got rolling along, we were both just really into it. Um, she, it's like one of her favorite shows. And um, I I like it a lot, too. So, and apparently they're only doing three seasons. This is going to be the last season, so I hear. Because they just want to, they have a, they have a par- that's what I heard. Like, <laughs> they have a, a plot in mind, and it's only three seasons long, this particular plot. Um, we we started, actually, something else we started. We started watching Shrinking, which is by the same show. I'm not sure it's the same writer or anything but i think some of the same people involved with shrinking or involved with ted lasso so we started that it's kind of similar but i don't want to overtake what you've been watching but yeah i i am um, i really do like ted lasso it does i do like the positive the, the good vibes it has and also even though ted comes out and he's all chipper and happy to like a to like a, you're faking it right there's something else going on with you like no he is that positive but you also find out he himself has his problems too yeah, that that's what I love most about it, and it how how it's the show is basically saying like it's okay for like men to open up, like to like their male counterparts because I know it's like 
I, I think there was there was a study going around like online how saying saying that men like in 2022 didn't have a lot of male friends. It's just because they're like not saying that not saying that you, you know what I mean. But it's like it was yeah. a typical study that I saw online, and and uh, I think Ted Lasso kind of like says like basically says like it's okay to have like a male friend it's like it's not like it's going to be like it's not like it's going to be gay or anything like that it's like like be in touch with your feelings and and uh i don't know i just think like it's nice having like a happy uplifting show while i'm watching like the last of us that's something something so dark and depressing and i could just go over the ted lasso and just like and just like have 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 like a good time and i'm really glad like i didn't know that they were gonna have like season three was gonna be their last season, but I'm actually kind of glad just because the if I the the main story like based on the trailer, it kind of seems I'm not sure if it's gonna go off the rails a little bit, but basically spoilers for season season one and two of Ted Lasso, basically one of the coaches kind of spins off and starts coaching like the rival like team, uh, soccer team. And the way they kind of like spun that off in like the finale in season two made it kind of seem like he's the villain. And I hope that they don't really go in that direction. Like basically Nate is like coaching like uh, one of the rival teams. But uh, I don't know. I just I I would appreciate more if it was more of like a like he uh, like he forgives Ted and stuff like that for like kind of like ignoring him and stuff like that. But I don't know. like. It just it just seems like based on that trailer, like Nate's like an all black, and obviously like they're painting him as the villain, and and I don't think like that's that's not what Ted Lasso is about. It's a, it's it's more about like like no no one's really a villain. It's just like it's really it's really emotions are the villain when it, when it all comes down to it. Well, that show when when it started off, there was like at least like four or five characters that were like, "Fuck this guy." And then as it goes on, you kind of grow to like those characters and you kind of realize, oh, they're, they were projecting or they were, that was their defenses for X, Y, or Z, you know? And it's one of those shows that I think that for Nate, whether it's the first episode, whether it's halfway through or whether it's the very end, I think it's going to come around to him and Ted making up possibly. Mm -hmm. that, that's what I, I feel like that's what's going to happen. I don't, maybe it might be the whole season where he might be, and then taking it to force, but at the end he realizes like, oh no, maybe I was being in the wrong to some extent, you know, or maybe, you know, like, because that was the actually another thing too, because, you know, seeing what he went through from season one, the way how he ends up at the end of season two, you're like, oh, that's like a dark turn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I just, I just don't really want it to take like a D2 Mighty Ducks, like, like, because you all know, like the villain was totally obvious, like in those movies, it's like, it's like they have the dark suit, just like Nate has in the in the season three trailer, and just like I don't know, like the like the Mighty Ducks, like that's its own thing. To keep Ted Lasso being wholesome and fun, I don't really need like this like overarching story of like two competing like guys like kind of like fighting for like supremacy. It's it's like that's not that's not what Ted Lasso is about. But yeah, um, going off of, like what you said, I have been watching Shrinking as well. I think shrinking is a little bit, it, it, like, it, it kind of seems like shrinking is there just to... Diet lasso? 
it, yeah, it's like it, it's like while you're well, you don't have new Ted Lasso. It's like here's shrinking to kind of like hold, pull you through to uh, for season three. I don't think it's kind of doing necessarily the same thing. I think it's a little bit darker in some parts. And 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 I will just say this about shrinking. Harrison Ford, the way his performance in 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 the show, he ba- he plays he plays a therapist, but his performance in the show has me very worried for Indy Five, to be honest. I because he's he's very it's just like a very curmudgeon old man, and I'm just like if this is what where Indy Five is going, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure if I'm going to be about it to be honest. I'll say this. Um, I, I didn't hear the. I didn't hear. I'm, I'm playing catch up with your show right now, so I didn't mm-hmm. hear your Raiders of the Lost Ark review. I didn't see <laughs> on Instagram. It was like two and a half or something, or two maybe. Um, I don't agree with that. I haven't heard the podcast <laughs> yet, but at the same time, I also feel like I'm not saying you fucking zoomer and we're the same <laughs> age roughly, but I mean, I feel like Indiana Jones is almost one of those franchises like. Some things I think can be passed on to the next generation. You just update this or update that and kids can get into it. Like I think Marvel and Star Wars, for instance, but um, or even DC. Uh, Indiana Jones feels like a dad franchise. Like I honestly think it dies at Indy 5. I don't think your average kid is going to give a shit about what like about like, you know, well, he was in the what did take place in the 30s, and that, then it was the 50s. Now it's yeah, I, I don't think in like you're gonna watch this old man with the whip who used to punch Nazis. I, I don't think you know, like kids are gonna be into it as much, you know. I just think that seems like I, I love that old swashbuckly type thing, but I feel like Indy 5, I was like, you're doing Indy 5, really? Okay, I mean, it doesn't look worse than Indy 4, but at the same time, it also like doing all right, we'll see how this goes, okay? Yeah. You make a good point there. It's like it's not like when you kind of think about it, like there's no real treasure hunting. Like besides like Uncharted, uh, like and Indiana Jones isn't really treasure hunting. Like he's an archaeologist. Like do kids these days even know like what archaeology is? Like comment they down do. below if it's like. If, I, I just feel like it's like there's sometimes those franchises that like a dad shows a kid and the kid likes it, but less interest piles onto that particular franchise or that genre as time goes on. And I feel like mm-hmm. Indiana Jones is that. I mean, I think you have other variations of adventure hunting, or like like treasure hunting and adventure, but just this particular one where, I don't know, I think so many things have aped it. And like, why would I do that when I have Uncharted? The game, not the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to get into an Uncharted tangent because I think Uncharted is actually kind of perfectly fine. Like it's I not like not, but... it's not it's not totally bad like of a movie, but it's just like it's 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 very workmanlike. I've said I used this term before. Like it's very like it. People went to work, they 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 filmed the movie, they acted in the movie. Well, besides Mark Wahlberg, but we won't go there. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's it's like people showed up, they filmed the movie, and then they uh and they got them and then they got paid. Like that's that's basically like what happened there. But. But yeah, uh, besides Ted Lasso and um, and the Scream first two Scream movies, that's all I've been all I've been watching. Uh, if you're watching here on YouTube, give us a thumbs up, uh, hit that subscribe button, uh, and uh, yeah, 
Um, also, if you're listening, like, uh, like not on you, if you're, if you're listening, like on any podcast platforms, be sure to rate us on iTunes and let us know how we're doing. And, uh, if there's anything that we need to improve, just, uh, just let us know. And, uh, but rate us five stars that, that like, that's like, that's, that's what you, that's what you should do. Rate us five stars and then tell us what, tell us how to improve. Um, but yeah, now that that little, um, now that that little spiel is out of the way, uh, let's get into our review of Samurai Rebellion. Alright, that was from the trailer from for Samurai Rebellion, a film uh, directed by Masaki Kobayashi. I hope I'm saying that right. It's a 1967 film, and I'm going to read the uh, synopsis here on IMDb. The mother of a feudal lord's only heir is kidnapped away from her husband, her husband by the by the lord. The husband and the sa- and his samurai father must decide whether to accept the unjust decision or risk death to get her back. Ryan, this is a, when but what I when I told you I was doing this series, uh, this is the first film that kind of like jumped out at you. I think it was this and Ratatouille that you wanted to like <laughs> that you wanted to come back to. What 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 made you like? I know you like like you mentioned like in the first part of the podcast that you you really like samurai films, but for watching this film, I was totally like, it's not like if you're going in like like loving samurai films, it feels like this one was it was more of a like a romantic drama, which I totally appreciated because I, I know everyone's kind of like like I, I I'm not like a big watcher of like samurai films, but when I when I hear that, I kind of think of like combat, like heavy combat and stuff like that. This was more romantic drama and almost kind of like a Romeo and Juliet with the like the, with the backdrop of samurai. But what what did you think of Samurai Rebellion, Ren? Uh, just to clarify, so I don't want to seem like a self-imposed expert of samurai films, <laughs> samurai cinema, if you will. No, um, actually, I don't really know a whole lot about a lot of samurai movies. I'm really into martial arts movies. I really love Kung Fu movies. And, you know, there's sometimes a couple of samurai Japanese movies that get thrown in there. But in all honesty, I think there's a big difference between watching, say, a live-action Rooney Kenshin adaptation and, like, a samurai movie from the 60s. There's, like, a big difference. This one is definitely an action movie. Even though this is still called a samurai movie, it is still like something different, very different in that way. And I've probably mm-hmm. only seen a couple of like old school, old school samurai movies like this, like um, Seven Samurai, uh, Yojimbo. Uh, there's another one that's escaping me right now. And most of my love of samurai comes from like playing a lot of fighting games and anime. I'm not gonna lie. So I'm by no means, mm-hmm. I'm, no, I'm by no means like an expert. I'm like, well, back in the day, this was samurai get, you know, I just, I just, I just really like the the aesthetic and the action, a lot of stories around it. It's kind of like, I feel like samurai often, sam, like Ronin samurai and um, and cowboys kind of go ca- parallel to each other. There's actually a lot of like connection and the type of story arcs they have. 
and mm-hmm. those just really appealed to me. And this movie, I just saw, I just, I knew nothing about it. And when you said, hey, you want to be in my podcast, here's some slots that are open. And I saw a movie called Samurai Rebellion, and I saw it was in the 60s. I knew immediately it probably wasn't going to be a big, over-the-top action movie. Fight after fight after fight. So I've seen some of these movies before, and the fights are a little bit more sparing. Like, it's probably going to be more of a slow burn, and shit goes crazy at the end, maybe a couple of fights between here and there. And that is very much what this movie is. And I kind of went in a little blind, not knowing a whole lot on it. And then I saw, oh, Tashira Mathuni's in it. That's cool. Uh, Tashira Mathuni, I, I believe he was in Yojimbo. I believe that's, I want to double check that. I would hate to look like a idiot right here. But I think he was uh, in Yojimbo, and, which is a movie we covered on Old Man Orange because we Yojimbo is basically the, the um, what inspired uh, Just Full of Dollars. So, um, yeah, so seeing he was in it, and yeah, that's him. He's, oh, he's Ultimate Seven Samurai. And of course he is. <laughs> anyway, um, so I was like, okay, cool. Let's see what this is all about. And here we are. Yeah, uh, I, it's definitely, uh, I, I went in blind too. Uh, and I, I don't really have any like prior knowledge of samurai films. I haven't seen Sam- Seven Samurai. I know, I know. Don't shoot me. It's it is on the letterbox uh, top two hundred fifty, so I'll get to it eventually. But I went into this completely blind, and I generally, I think my experience watching this, like I'm not too like familiar with like kind of like the way these kind of films are shot. So some of like the reaction shots I thought were actually kind of were a little bit kind of laughable at at some bits, some bits, just because everything was super exaggerated. But like once I kind of like kind of settled in i i kind of got uh, uh, once i kind of and kind of put that in the back of my mind i really started getting invested into the characters and like and like i said like this this movie is really just like a romeo and juliet film uh basically about like two lovers that 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 can't love that can't love each other because of two competing families um and uh i don't know i i just like uh I I like I like stories like that and just be- and like I feel like if uh I feel like people probably would have watched this film less if it didn't say Samurai Rebellion like if it said Love Rebellion like not a lot of people would it would see it so I think Samurai Rebellion might be a way to like get people like like into the theaters or click play like on streaming but like what do you what do you think about that. Well, it's funny you bring up the title because um, I actually was looking up a couple of um, just little video essays. Uh, I don't mean little as in like, oh, your little video, not, like, not, not in the condescending <laughs> way, just shorter <laughs> video essays on this movie. And um, I wish I wrote down the name of this one, but uh, so one of them brought up, I believe it said Bushido Blues, is the name of the channel, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, he said something to the effect of originally this movie was, was going to have a different name. In Japan, the movie was apparently released as um, Rebellion Received the Wife, which was in order to get, like, um, women to go see this movie, because usually men wanted to go see Samurai movies. Mm-hmm. In America, they called it Samurai Rebellion to kind of get, like, this newly forming niche people into martial arts. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the director's head, the movie's just called Rebellion. And the reason why it's called that is because it's not just meant to be like, oh, rebel against the guy who's trying to steal your son's wife. It's about 
going against social norms when it's unpopular to do. Mm-hmm. And that was something interesting about the movie because every so often you'll watch a movie from the time. And usually there is like, that's obviously the bad guy. That's obviously the good guy. But sometimes you watch a movie back in, back from back in the day and you're kind of like stopping for a minute and you're kind of wondering like, okay, um, are we meant to not like this person or is this just something of the time? Is this mm-hmm. just a viewpoint that's okay to have the time? And there's a little bit of that to some extent because there's a the little bit of the, she's a good wife. Like, yeah, too bad you didn't have a son. It'd be cooler if she popped out a boy instead of a girl. But it is what it is. And that guy's, that guy's meant to be cool. You know? So okay. it's like, oh, all right. You know, but then, but, um, but then there's like this thing, like when the wife first comes in and she just like, just, just hate, just there's daggers at everyone, at the cameraman, at anybody in that room. She just looks just like pissed off. Like she's ready to snap everyone's neck in that room. And you're just kind of like, all right, is she like, is there going to be some kind of like mama knows best kind of thing down the line? And we're, or is it like, or, or are we supposed to, is she supposed to be right? And he just goes on like, Oh no, she definitely is wrong. She's definitely have an antagonist to some extent in this movie. And um, that's what I thought was kind of interesting about this movie because it is, like you said, it is more of like a domestic drama with, rom- with some romance here and there. And then at the very end, it just builds up and builds up. And a lot of the movie is like people just talking back and forth. Like, hey, tell mm-hmm. them this. Well, you tell them that. What the fuck you say? Oh, all right, we'll all go. We'll all go. All right, dude. What'd you say? I said this. Well, you motherfucker. All right, we're gonna tell our boss. You know, a lot of it is kind of going back and forth, but it works. It basically it human like uh, what what the director does. It's like he humanizes like these characters like like totally, and that's like and that's what kind of like gives and that's what I appreciate about this film because it doesn't uh, like 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 what you said. It doesn't paint someone as the villain. Like no no one's in the wrong like here. Like, if you understand, like, their side, you can kind of see where they're coming from. Like, why you don't want, like, these, like, the, wh- why these, why you don't want these two people to be married and, like, be together. And just because, like, if you, if you were on their side, it's like, I'm like, oh, okay, I, 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 I see, I see where they're coming from. Everyone kind of has, like, valid points, whether they, like, whether they should be, like, lashing out on people, like, that's up for debate. But, like, if everyone has trauma. And they're all kind of like sorting through it. I feel like the only people that don't really have any, um, I feel like as far as people within the family, within the family, there's reason to have some conflict because it's like, well, honor and pride is a big part of who we are. So we need to, you know, maintain the family name by doing what the emperor says. But really the emperor, not the emperor, the, um, the Lord, the Lord of the land is really an irredeemable piece of shit. There's really nothing. He's, he is a villain, but it's kind of everyone working around him that all have to do just because they're at the whim of this guy. Cause the reason the thing about it is cause like they, they force the, they, what they do in the movie is they, they force the girl, uh, Ishii to, to this family and that are their servants. Cause they're the swordsmen. No, they're, they're not swordsmiths. They're, um, were they sword? They were swordsmiths. They were. Um, they maintained Shoot. the weapons. I believe they maintained the weapons, mm-hmm. but and they they demonstrated how to use them. But they um, 
but he, and they said, you're one of the best buyers. Why don't you join? He's just, he doesn't like the bloodshed. He doesn't want to do that. He's like, I'm like a calm man that can handle himself though. And, um, what they're forced to, when, when they're forced to take in Ishii, they're just like, oh, she slaps the king. She slapped the, the, the Lord. And she went out, went after one of his other girls. Oh, this is going to be bad. And they realized, oh no, that's not really, they misrepresented what happened. The guy was basically using her just as like a birthing pod. He wasn't even treating her like a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and like, like, yeah, like the, like the Lord, like is, is, is kind of like. The Lord of like in this film is kind of like a like a piece of shit. Like yeah, I agree, but uh, like I'm not trying to say like like he's a good person and all, but like I think he's probably just acting uh, uh, on that based on like past like regimes, like with like uh, like and and it's and like he's like if he were to kind of like kind of like rebel, like basically like what this movie's like trying to say. Like that would kind of like make that that would make him look bad. So he's kind of trapped with like within like the the lordship of like what these, uh, uh, uh who these people are, and like that's what uh that's like like the main characters are like are trying to do. Like they're trying to like they're they're trying to like break off break off from the norms of like, of of uh what these typical families like want to do, but. Yeah, like I, I think the thing about that is, um, because the they, what what I thought was interesting is kind of when you hear about the story, like oh the son or and the daughter are the main characters, like no the son and the daughter aren't the main character, the son and the daughter in law they're not the main characters. The main character is the father, and I just thought that was an interesting choice, just because um, when you hear it, ultimately sounds like that couple's story, but it's a father looking in and he's like I've been in a loveless relationship last 20 years my wife fucking hates me but my kid over here he actually they actually like each they actually love each other things mm-hmm. are going pretty good we we should probably you know we, we should probably let this happen and then once that's taken away from him he's like i don't want him to get stuck with another loveless marriage i don't want all this you know so i just thought that was just kind of an interesting way to go about it it's like almost kind of like a father looking out for his family yeah exactly i'm really glad that you said that just because based on like how how this film ends like spoilers for samurai rebellion if you haven't seen it but but hopefully you have because uh we're watching it along with you is i think the father figure is one of is probably my favorite character like here like yeah he he's like he he's broken but like like what you said like he will do anything to like to like support his family like even like literally at the end like carrying like the child like on his shoulder as he's like bringing him to like because he knows he'll like have a better like the 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 child will have like a better life like somewhere else he's literally like carrying like just fighting fighting people off carrying like a like this young baby this baby like on his shoulder and just uh i I don't know like that that was really impactful for me that he will like literally like fight like like people uh just to uh make sure that his uh family members have a, like a better life than he had um no i don't know how much of this this is just because i in one of those video essays i watched he said this and i really couldn't find i just saw the name of the title of this is the title of the novel it's based on apparently to some extent of this story is based on a true story how much of it mm-hmm. i don't know 
but there's even that line he says like no one's gonna remember this like he feels like he gay he failed his granddaughter like because he can't he couldn't get her in time and you saw him take out all these guys like, i guess that's a, that, sorry i'm kind of going a lot order here I no, it's, like, it's man, there's there's his partner and his one of his only friends who he has who's chill with and he, he gets along with and at some point they're like hey dude your boy he's acting up who wants you to put him down well, that's weird isn't there like a process don't you have to do these three steps before you go and send me after him well yeah but you know he's being kind of a dick like all right um uh superintendents with to kill people i'm not a superintendent pay me superintendent rates what yeah i heard you. we don't have time for this shit well i'm gonna take it out we want to go talk to the, the boss like fuck you get out you know and then later like so it's kind of like he was trying to find ways around it so he wouldn't have to fight his friend but then when his friend gave him no choice and he goes to the checkpoint that he guards and they're like dude i don't want to but we really it's my job what what do you what, what else am I supposed to do? You know, and I, and I like how they're talking and he's like saying, they're, they're, he's like, he hands them the kid as he's strapping on the sword and his equipment so they can fight. And he's just holding the kid, rocking the kid, like, yeah, you know, cool, I get it. You know? <laughs> like, and, they, and then they're right before they have the, they got up to like a, their, their death battle. They're just like sitting there holding the kid, talking. It's just, if I die, I want you to tear in the kid. And he gets this look on his face like, I'm not ready to be a dad, but okay. <laughs> right exactly and then like was that uh correct me if i'm wrong but like the ending shot of this film with the the was that was that like um the mother was that like his the 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 lady carrying the kid like off and then and that before it goes uh before like the film ends i was that it was here's the thing um i didn't think about this till now feel i feel bad because it's just sound i can't tell you know that it's black and white it's grainy it's kind of <laughs> honor, but like and it's like I, it's either the mother or the uh lady that was nursing the child because that seemed well you know i think it was the mother no, i think you're right mm -hmm. i think that was the mother because i think the mother was back crying as they were burying the bodies so mm -hmm. i think you're right i think that was the mother but for a minute i thought maybe that was the lady that was taking care of the kid yeah, I, I think that was the mother too. And like I think uh like what I appreciate most about that is that like a mother will like do anything. Like a father father will cut it's a it, when you kinda think of when you kinda think about it, it's a little sexist, which doesn't like like for like a film made in the late sixties, it doesn't surprise me all that much. But like the way it's like it's like, oh, the man has to like defend and like fight for like for for uh um uh for for their family but like oh but mothers they're just there to like carry and just like kind of and and help them along and and kind of be like the uh the 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 soft and sweet like part of like the family which it kind of kind of rubbed me the wrong way <laughs> like when I, when I when i saw that it, like even like even someone like ishi like she like just the way like the way she she dies like in this film like she like she literally took herself out like when it like to save to save like the person that she loves which is it's it i don't know it's just kind of yeah <laughs> no i get you i also think it might be it, it's kind of like i don't think you're wrong but at the same time also there are those things that are just kind of like things of the time 
which that doesn't mm-hmm. make it right. But at the same time, like, well, I kind of compared to other things that happened at the time, this isn't as bad, you know, but I, I get what you mean though. Like, but then the, the one thing I, about the mom is that's not interesting is because the whole time the mom is just kind of like your husband, you ain't shit, you know, I just kind of like being really unlikable, unlikable the whole movie. And then up until like she realized, cause she has this devotion to the emperor. Yeah, I keep saying the emperor, to the Lord of the, yeah. to the, to the Lord, basically. She has all this devotion. And then at the end of the day, what's that devotion get her? You know, like this, they kept on taken from their family. They didn't really respect their family. They talked down to their family. And when they finally take something for themselves, then you know, just a little bit of happiness. They, they, they take, they try and take that from them too. So I, I kind of, I think that something with the mother at the end was meant to be more of kind of like her coming to terms with, oh shit, my husband was awesome. And not only that, like these, these, these people, these people fucking suck. These people that are running things, they suck, you know? So I, I just thought that was just an interesting choice because by the, by the end of the movie, yeah, I, for, I, I was only second guessing for a second, like if that was the mother, but yeah, I think that was the mother. Um, <laughs> up and down, so I was like, yeah, she sucks. At this point right here, I'm like, I think she's kind of changed a little bit. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think I had like a pretty good time like watching this film, especially for someone that hasn't watched a lot of samurai samurai movies or just movies like uh, like in this style uh but but did you did you have any like favorite moments like from like from this movie well i will say is pr- probably like any of the sword fights because <laughs> all the sword fights were awesome and they're kind of like that that build up like I see, watching this, I see why so many Western movies pull from samurai movies and vice versa. I see why that happens. Like, how much build-up is always happening, The you know, and they have they just kind of clash and go in real fast at each other, you know, and then it all happens real quick. And even some of the things you see in anime where two characters link each other's swords out and then mm-hmm. one guy, like, falls over dead. Like, I'm sure a few movies happen like that beforehand, but... This right here, I'm expecting that it happened. There we go. There we go. Yeah, like when when I when everything was about to go down, like initially, I was like, okay, it's uh, we're we're gonna get some sword fights like in here, and I I know that seems that it sounds really bad that like two two dudes like on a podcast are basically like get to the fighting. I want to see the fighting. So give me the sword fight. Um, so. To kind of counterbalance, like, because well, I I enjoyed like those parts too, but like you mentioned it already, like on the show, but like the what, like when Ishi like, like uh like comes on screen, and like she's like she's angry, and the camera just kind of like stays on her, and like focuses on her eyes. I thought was like like any time like when there is tension like on on screen, like I felt it. I, I, and those are like my favorite parts of like this movie. Just like, like I liked how the way the director kind of like used the camera very simply, but also use the camera to kind of like show tension, like that that was in the room. Like you can cut cheese in the like in this room, like by how much tension uh, was in this room between these two families, kind of like going back and forth. Uh, 
I I I really in, like enjoyed like that that aspect of the filmmaking. Yeah, um, this is a very notable. Uh, this is a very notable director. A movie he made before with the same star is called Hakiri, and that's considered to be one of the best um, samurai movies made. So it's one I want to check out. And I was hearing people making um, comparisons to that. So. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if that one's on the list or not, but that'd be cool to check. I, I, I have to check that one out regardless. But anyway, um, something else. Um, yeah, I know it is easy just being just being a big dumb animal. It's the guardian, but <laughs> at the same time, I also really liked some of the more like I guess so much of the movie is quiet moments and people talking and that's all really good like this isn't a movie i feel like i can i can throw on and watch all the time but it's a movie i'm definitely glad i watched and it's definitely a movie that you know if i was still collecting blu-rays over everything i saw this is definitely a movie i would like to own mm-hmm. um that said um i think one of my other favorite moments is a scene i already kind of talked about which is as they're getting ready to fight it's agreed upon they're gonna fight he's talking to his friend and he just hands his friend the kid as he's like getting on his um as he's getting on like the sword ready and he's feeding the kid like being paced and all that trying to like yeah they just hear this but the milk lady's not here for a while so we gotta do like you know and he just he's spinning him, he's spinning him rice right rice you said yeah yeah rice and i think he said some about maybe he said some about bean paste but yeah, rice. what which I was, I was totally glad because he was already walking at this uh, for however long, like to get to where he needed to go, and like that kid was probably was starving at that point. So it's just like, like thank, thank you. You're you're feeding you're feeding the poor child. And it's like, well, it's also something about that movie is, um, shit. There's some lessons. Oh yeah, like the, the the very end. Like I feel like a lot of times when you have the movie where the character heroically sacrifices himself. He heroically sacrifices himself fighting like the big bad and stops the big bad. He, he got revenge right before he died. And here's a fucking statue of him where this one, it's like, he just needs to get out of the gate. And he doesn't even make it that far. He, he doesn't even make it that far. But it, regardless, his kids, his grandchild, still have a chance to live on. Yeah. That's so close, but yet so far away in his mind. Yeah. Not trying but to be so he, cliche. Well, it's kind of also like um, I, I don't want to sound um, I don't want to sound like I don't mean this in a bad way. Usually, the, you, this phrase means it in a bad way, but I don't get me wrong. So, a lot of cool shit at the end. You know, all that him going through the bushes and slashing those guys and all that. Mm-hmm. But I almost kind of appreciate how anticlimactic it is. Like how mm-hmm. he doesn't die. This he, he dies taking a bunch of dudes out, which is cool. But he doesn't die in this badass pose or like stabbing the the Lord through the heart or anything. He dies crawling through the grass, thinking he failed, and apologizing to his granddaughter how he failed her, and dies. And he just like just the the, re- the reality of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, a lot of films like they didn't really uh, like. I don't think samurai films were uh, uh, were the only ones not. Uh, not doing like the whole epic, like like a- action sequence like at the, at the end. I actually kind of uh, I-, I think that's kind of like a more recent thing that uh, a lot of films are kind of like like oh the the heroes got to go out uh, go out like 
um, like looking like badass. Uh, but I'm kind of glad that they didn't because, like, like I said, like, there's no real, like, heroes like, like in this movie. Like, yeah, like the the father it can be, like, can be interpreted as a hero. But like, like you said, like he's like he's also done, like he wasn't a perfect like perfect human being like uh, from all along, and uh, he was. I wouldn't say go far as like say he's an antagonist, but, but. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. That wouldn't say that he was a like a hero, like viewed as like a typical hero. Yeah, because it was more of a family dispute than this big like it's. It's called samurai rebellion. So you imagine like half the samurai being like, "We're done with the shit, boys. Let's let's go tell what's on our minds." You know, they go with the, you know. But then like it's not that. It's really just a family dispute. Shit <laughs> gets out of hand. Exactly. Uh, but yeah. Um, that that was Samurai Rebellion. I don't really have anything else that uh, I, 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 I can say about this film. Do you have any, like, final thoughts on Samurai Rebellion? To an extent, um, it kind of makes me want to check out. Earlier, I kind of went, went on a little bit tangent because you asked me about Marvel fatigue and all that. And I was just saying, <laughs> I was and what I was going to say, I noticed because um, I noticed some, like, movies like Samurai Rebellion or more, like, classic you know classic genre or even more art housey stuff is harder to find and i just feel like this watching this movie kind of really makes you want to check out the rest of this director's work mm -hmm. and i feel like you don't see a lot of that kind of like our tour stuff yeah sure you might have like the spielberg page or the martin scorsese page if you go on hbo max or something but i mean like um as far as like classic directors and old cinema goes i feel like a lot of that's kind of harder to find nowadays and it's not really I know they probably want Marvel and they want all the big things that people see right off the bat. And I'm not going to blame Marvel for that entirely. But I wish seeing this makes me want to go back and check out more old, not just movies from this director, but more movies from this time. Just kind of get more well-versed. Because watching this is almost kind of like, I feel like I'm just kind of watching whatever streaming is in front of me right now. I'm like, I want to get more. I want to like see more things like this. I kind of like, like got some wind in my sails to want to check out more cinema that was that came out before you know the, the 90s you know yeah i i that, that's that's the whole reason why i'm doing this series because i want to expand like my my uh, uh I, I want to expand my filmography on like just like watch a bunch of auteur films watch a bunch of samurai films foreign films uh i think films like this are kind of like a kind of like that perfect example of like wanting to broaden and expanding your horizons on on the world of film uh but ryan before we get before we get out of here because i know it's kind of it, it's is it kind of late on uh oh, on no it's your like, side of the world it's like it's like almost seven o'clock at night here it's not that that's so so weird it's so weird <laughs> time zones are weird you're having coffee i'm having booze so right um but uh ryan before we get out of here, what uh, where can people find you online? Uh, you could find me uh, my on my uh, on my Twitter handle at Dunnigan Ryan. I don't really go on Twitter that much, but that's where it is. Uh, Instagram Grit Five. I have two other podcasts. I have an uh, Ox Rock Talk, which I do with my good friend James Hurtville. That's been on a hiatus. Uh, just well, that should be come back up soon. 
And Old Man Orange, I do this with my good friend Spencer Step Holmes. That is on a temporary hiatus just because uh, a lot of snow in Tuolumne. So a lot of power outages. So it's kind of hard to upload episodes right now. So right now, yeah. um, I noticed that it's my podcast itch. That, uh, that, that I noticed that, that, that they got a lot of snow. Like we, we both grew up in like in the same area. I, I looked at, I looked at those, some of the pictures that someone uploaded. I was just like, Oh wow. I'm like, I'm really glad I'm not near the snow anymore. So he lives, you know, but like Sonora or Tuolumne County, that's yeah, out in the woods, but Spencer's really in the woods. So, and like a, a, like a phone line went down. So it's going to be a minute before we're able to upload any of the episodes we just did or record any of the episodes. We, we were doing, um, leading up to, I know I'm sorry, I want to do more our tour films, but leading up to the Mario movie, we're doing like Mario March. So we're just doing like weird, obscure Mario media and things each week. We're already kind of a week behind though, because of the, the power outage. So it, it comes up when it comes. Well, all the links will be posted in the description of this podcast for, uh, for Ryan. So go check out everything that Ryan does. Uh, it's really great work. Um, Thanks, man. yeah. And, um, you can follow this podcast anywhere. You can listen to this podcast anywhere uh, you listen to podcasts. There's like, there's there's like ten billion. I, I hate doing this part of the show because like there's so there's so many places. It's like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, where, wherever wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is available for people to listen to. Be sure to rate and review us. Follow us on Twitter at Real Liver Pod. Same, same way on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Subscribe to us on YouTube. You can follow me at Marley Loves Film pretty much anywhere. And the next, uh, and to kind of lead into what we're going to be talking about next week is we're going to be talking about Winter Sleep, a film directed by Niri Ceylon. Uh, Winter Sleep is about a hotel owner and landlord in a remote Turkish village, deals with conflicts with his family and a tenant behind on his rent this film is three hours and 16 minutes winter sleep you can buy it on apple tv for 3.99 so come back next week we'll talk about winter sleep it looks kind of interesting but yeah for the real lovers podcast i'm marley silverbrand and i'm ryan dunnigan and keep watching movies